All right, so camera's on. Say hey guys. <laughs> Say hi. Um, all right, so what we got, uh, we were talking about it uh, at the most recent car event. Um, cars that people are sleeping on. And maybe why, I don't know why, but you know, cool cars that for whatever reason people are followers and they don't buy because they're not trending at the moment. So we made a quick little list. It just so happened to be 10 um, cars, give or take. And uh, I guess we'll just start. Hold on, I want to clarify it a little bit first. Okay. So we're, we're talking about kind of two different things at the same time. It's It's cars that, you know, guys that we hang out with should be not only buying and driving, but also modifying. That's kind of the the guidelines of this list, right? Right. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. Go. Cars that you would think would be kind of no-brainers, yet you go to all these car meets and you're like, not not just meets, but like races and stuff. And you're like, where are these things, man? They're just not. Sure. So anyway, first one, uh, probably the most expensive one is the Porsche 996. Um, sure. The reason... It's, it's the yeah, the reason I defend that one, the main reason I defend that is because it drives me crazy when I hear people criticize it. Um, one, the IMS bearing, which is fixable, and in the grand scope of owning the car in history, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and then you can elaborate on that later if you want. The other thing is, you know, people talk down about it because it's the first of the water cools. And 10 years, people are going to love it because it's the first of the water cools. Uh, people talk down on it because it's got ugly headlights. In 10 years, it's going to be the one everybody wants because it's got the awesome headlights. Um, so, you know, I, I, I've been around Porsche guys my whole life, and I see the way that, that people are reacting to the 996, and there's a lot of followerness going on there. And um, I think that because of that, you can still get a really good deal on the car. Um, you know, 20 grand, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but those prices are climbing and your window will close and you will be wondering why the hell you didn't buy one when you could have for sub $20,000. It is, uh, it, it is, I would say, probably a pretty good investment right now. It's also the Porsche that Porsche guys uh, kind of hate just for the exact reasons that you said, uh, you know, water-cooled versus air-cooled, the ugly headlights. But I mean, the car is, it's a good looking car. At the end of the day, it's still a Porsche. And uh, it's also Miss Sally from the movie Cars, which I have a kid. So, you know, that's kind of a big deal. It was a wildly popular movie. Don't be surprised if, you know, that doesn't actually raise the value a little bit. Um, anyway, it's a cool car. Yep. Okay. Uh, so second car on our little bias list is the Fiesta ST. Um, That's an extremely biased pick by our head <laughs> editor in chief there, Jonathan Woolley. I, I wonder why he picked that. And if you don't have a Fiesta ST, no you're wrong because it is the greatest car. No, seriously, it is like the coolest. The greatest car to never be made again. <laughs> the greatest oh, car that they're early. killing. Yeah, too soon, Junior. Um, no, uh, the Fiesta ST is, is it's that, it's the essence of everything that tuners like you know it's it's how a lot of us got started with little front wheel drive turbocharged cars it's it's simple um nothing that doesn't need to be there is it's 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 a journalist's favorite car not just like you know pseudo journalists but like real journalists out there motor train and car and like nobody has a bad thing to say about this car the problem is it's the car that all you guys out there want 
from the manufacturer that maybe you don't want yet or maybe it's got a name that you don't want or it's a little too goofy for you to feel like you're going to get taken seriously in a little jelly bean looking car called a fiesta but that i think it's that aside, the, the aftermarket is insane. I mean, I'm making 300 wheel and hadn't touched fuel. Just just touched the yep. turbo and did some cob tuning and, and a JST tune on top of that. Um, and the thing rips, man. It's, it's a super fun car. Torquey as hell. Reminds me a lot of my old second gen uh, front wheel drive turbo DSM. Uh, just, just drives its ass off. Torque steers like crazy. Um, but I think that what this car is suffering from is the same thing that the Dodge SRT4 did for all those years and that's that it's it's it is an import in a domestic body with a domestic badge and it's just hard to get import guys to look past that yeah even though it's an import i mean this thing's been going for what decades in the uk and in europe mm -hmm. and um and uh you know um it's it's more of an import than a lot of imports these days that's true um so and and just the driving experience even on the stock turbo it's a dog pulling at the leash you can't i've driven 500 horsepower mustangs that it's easier to drive slow than a 200 horsepower fiesta you know the thing is if if, if you're not trying to impress everybody it's the most fun you can have for the buck and you can buy these things because they're you know they're kind of a forgotten car at a lot of dealerships dealerships don't know what to do with them because it's not in high demand um, I've had a couple of friends go and buy them since I got mine for like 19 grand, like out the door, brand new. Um, so and that's making payments on it, so it's not like you're all out of pocket, you know. No, so that's, yeah. that's the great thing about it. You get an almost brand new vehicle, <clears throat> possibly brand new vehicle, for for very very easily attainable payments. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. if you stretch it and out and put a good little money down. Kind of like the 996, like your window is closing. These cars. Yeah. They're not, you know, when, when the dealerships are out, they're out kind of a thing. It's the kind of car you're going to wish that you got back back in the day when they were new, you know? Um, okay, so third one on the list, the DSM. I'll let you start. I don't agree with this one. I love the car. I am a DSM guy, but you can't say that they're slept on because they don't exist anymore. Every DSM, they all got parted out or broken down on the side of the road. They're being crushed in junkyards. I mean, they just don't exist anymore, man. They're they're dinosaurs because they're all dead. Yep. And and oh, you agree? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think they they died because the aftermarket, the enthusiasts didn't save it. And the enthusiasts didn't save it because this it's I don't want to say it's an internet rumor, but it was definitely just kind of freaking blown out of proportion with the crank walk thing. Yeah. And then you got all the followers that don't even know what crank walk is, but they're on there talking about, oh what you're gonna crank walk or you know, and it's it, it suffered really bad from that, but the the reality is that it's the four G six three, man. It was the Evo motor before the Evo was here in a motor. kind of an unarguably awesome looking body. Um, first and second gens. I mean, they're both cool. Um, and and man, like back in our day, you know, like me and me and you met in the early two thousands. DSMs were just kicking everybody's ass. Uh, they were so modifiable, you know, compared to like a Honda, especially an NA Honda. You know, um, you can buy these things now if you can find them. I mean, you can easily pick them up for a few grand. The the motor swap's already done for you. It's got a four G six three in it. Um. You know, 
the, the whole JDM thing and the whole drifting thing kind of just put the final nails in the DSM coffin. But if you can get past that, you can beat a lot of those JDM, you know, fanboy cars. Yeah. Um, so. And if you're willing to be your own mechanic. You got to You got to know how to work with <laughs> a DSM. Well, I, yeah, and I, I still have two DSMs, so we <laughs> both had DSMs. If you guys don't know, um, and it, the, the motors are strong. When they break, it's a pain in the ass. It's not like everything a Honda. around it that sucks. Yeah, it's it's you know like you can look at your Honda and be like, oh, that's what's broken, and fix it. The DSM, you got to like take ten things apart to get to the one thing, and then while you're putting it back together, you do something. It's a pain in the ass, and the bodies are cheap you know yep. you're gonna be breaking door <laughs> handles and stuff like that but the fact of the matter is the motor's there and the motor has a limitless potential even the front wheel drive cars are a blast um replaced probably so even many. more slept on because what's that i replaced so many door handles <laughs> yeah no yeah i just quit replacing them but um okay so enough of the dsm those of you who know you know uh, yep. The DSM's awesome. Next on the list, a little bit more arguable, is the Sol Solstice GXP and the Saturn Sky. Man, I still to this day don't understand why this car didn't catch on. I mean, it is basically a Mazda Miata with balls. And it looked better. It was a beautiful car. Um, I kind of don't get it. Uh, looking back, I was poor when they came out, so obviously I didn't buy one. I kind of wish I had one now. It's the perfect cruising around uh, fun on the street car. I don't think you're going to be the fastest thing in the world ever, but you're going to look good doing it, and you're going to have a lot of fun in that vehicle, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. Um, I guess, you know, in a lot of ways, the S2000 kind of won out. You know, it had the Honda um, community behind it. It's got more aftermarket support. It's arguably a better chassis, I guess. But yeah. come on, man. Like, you can't argue with the looks of this. If the right person gets a hold of a Solstice or a, a, a Sky, I mean, those things look incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you said, the Turbo. So it's, it's a great platform. I was looking at them just out of curiosity. They're like seven grand. I mean, they're, they're cheap cars yeah. for what you get. Rear-wheel drive Turbo. Um, okay, so next on the list, you believed in it maybe slightly more than me, was the Nissan 300ZX. Oh, well, that's just a car that I kind of grew up loving. It was kind of the poor man's Supra. Um, so, you know, throughout my entire life, I always loved the Supra, but it was definitely out of my price range. The 300Z, uh, especially because they had a non-turbo model, uh, was, was kind of out there and, and attainable. Um, beautiful car, really has great lines, timeless headlights. Um, it was kind of a Japanese supercar when there was really just a lot of four-cylinders out there at the time. Um, I loved it, man. I, I've never owned one. I've ridden in a lot of really fast ones, and I absolutely love the car. Uh, I'm not such a big fan of the Z31, just kind of a little bit too old and, and timed for me, but the Z32 is gorgeous. I would say it's Achilles heel is, you know, maintenance. Um, it's impossible to work on. But you know what? I mean, having said that, even if you don't buy the turbo, even if you only had a few grand to spend on a first car or whatever it is man like be a good one it's not it doesn't yeah. have to be your forever car it'd be a hell of a good car to kind of learn to wrench on a little bit and um it's got the right ingredients for sure and i think even the z31s especially with the whole like nostalgic japanese you know 80s angles and stuff coming back in like those cars are cool i don't know why they're not really 
catching on like some of the other cars. Um, But every once in a while, you'll see one pop up on your Instagram feed, you know, that somebody's messed with, and and they got the goods, especially when you consider the price. I mean, dude, like, we're talking about, like, come get this out of my yard price. (laughs) Like, like they are not expensive. The 31s, not not so much the 32s. They still hold a little bit of value. Um, you got to reach a little bit deeper in your wallet for those, but not much. Yeah. Um, okay. Next on the list, uh, the BMW Z3 and kind of in the same category, the Porsche Boxster. Um, all right. I mean, I'll explain it. And the thing is, these cars have gotten kind of so inexpensive that you really can't lose anymore. Uh, when they had more value, you could lose because of maintenance or whatever. But at this point... Um, I was talking to a buddy that knows BMW as well, and he was like, dude, like even the smaller engine, he said, if you could get the three liter, by all means, get the three liter. But if you find a great deal on the smaller engine, they're still a lot of fun. They're rev happy cars. And he said, when you break it, you just swap it like you do any other BMW. You can put any of the common BMW engines in there, um, the common swaps. Uh, and, you know, I think the Z3 is probably, I might be a little early on calling that slept on, but I think it's, it's at the perfect age now where it's like, it's kind of a sportsman's car now. You gotta be kind of an enthusiast. It's lost kind of the, uh, what's the word? The stigma around driving like a Z3, you know? Like now it's a little vintage, it's a little cool. And uh, I think, you know. From douchey to gentleman. Yeah, yeah, now it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like this guy's an enthusiast kind of a thing, (laughs) you know? Like I think if you've got it and you, and you started modifying it, it could be a really rewarding car. Um, and today it's a James Bond car. Yeah, it yeah. And it's got a bunch of E36 and E30 stuff. So the aftermarket's yep. good. Um, and like I said, you can't really lose out on this deal because it, even if the motor just takes a crap, you upgrade it. <laughs> um, kind of the same reasoning for the Boxster, because the Boxster is, you know, it takes a lot of crap too. But it is a really fun car to drive. Um, and now they have gotten so cheap that you could pick one up for, I mean, if you're not talking about an S, you can get them for like, what, I think six grand, maybe add a few grand for an S uh, with some miles. Uh, but you can get one of these cars for six grand and just drive the piss out of it. And if it blows, sell it for parts. You know what I mean? Like you're going to lose, what, $1,000. You're going to yeah. be able to get the car, enjoy it, maybe lose $1,000. Um, but it's just a fun car to drive. Uh, again, S2000, arguably, it's a better choice for a tuner. It's easier to work on by far. Uh, yeah. Parts are much more affordable. But if you want to be weird, the Z3 and the Boxster S, you know, they'll be weird for you and they'll be fun. Yeah. Um, okay. So next on the list for the Honda guys uh, is the Prelude. What the hell happened to the Prelude? It was arguably one of the best-looking Hondas ever made, and it had the the H motor. So, I mean, you already had one of the better motors. Yeah. I I, I really don't – I mean, it was big. It it definitely, you know, uh, early 2000s, it was was a big popular car. But I kind of expected there to be more still around running, and they're not anymore. I I really don't know what happened I guess the K killed the H, and then the Prelude yeah. was just a heavy car with not the best motor. I don't know. But the fact is, still, if you're working on a budget and you want a Honda, I mean, look, you can you can tell yourself that you're going to do this big motor swap and then drive around in this little cheap kind of raggedy hatch, 
with this pipe dream of doing a motor swap, which might eventually happen, or else you can buy a Prelude which already has a motor swap and enjoy having a fun car. You're not gonna be the fastest guy at the drag strip. You know, yeah. you're not, but it's still, it's a fun car. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Prelude, I don't know what the hell happened to it. But looking around, you can find them for four grand all day, um, yeah. which is a pretty killer deal. Okay, <laughs> next on the list, the Polaris Slingshot. That one wins. That's the best one yet. <laughs> this is where everybody goes, what? Sign off of this. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, for real, guys, for real, like, I swear to you, we got a slingshot as a press car. That's yeah, like a month. I, you no, know, I had it for like three months. They ended up leaving it all winter because there wasn't anybody else um, that was going to drive it in the wintertime. So they just left it in Georgia. And he kind of, he was like, well, if you're liking it, like, it was just going to go to a dealer and collect dust, you can keep driving it. So like we got it for three months, four months, something like that. Um, initial impression, it was God awful. Uh, I hated the, the one rear wheel, I hated the helmet, I hated the steering, like it, it just, it wasn't for me. But uh, I was like, all right, I'm gonna go make myself drive this car. Like one drive, it's not fair. And so I made myself just start driving it. And, and somewhere it took about 60 miles and then it started clicking and the thing became a ton of fun man yes it's a little weird um yeah people are gonna look at you people that don't even like cars are gonna look at you so there's that but like if you don't care what people think i don't know if you can have more fun on the street i really don't the thing is flat out a wave runner on the street um and that was That's the thing the for me like it took me 100 miles to like stop thinking of it as a car like at first i was like but an S2000 is better in this way and this way. And if I was going to spend 20 to 30 grand, I'd get this or that. Stop thinking about what else you buy. Stop thinking of it as a car. Stop thinking of it as a motorcycle. Stop thinking of it as what the retired postman buys to go do <laughs> retired things in the mountains. Like, like, just drive it for what it is. You know, stop trying to find beauty in it. And it is the ultimate thrashable little car. I don't know. Just, you drove it. What do you think? It's just a tiny little burnout machine. I, I kind of fell in love a little bit faster than you did. Um, I, I still remember going to your house and being really sketched out. Like the first time I was like, oh, really, I got to drive this thing? Because um, it, it just doesn't feel super safe when you get in. I, I always it's kind of got seats like a side-by-side -side with. They're kind of like squishy and like, man, Move around a little bit too much road? in them. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt a little <laughs> bit sketchy, especially because my wife was in the car with me. Um, and she was super sketched out. She didn't know how I was going to drive, but I took it easy. But once I kind of, you know, took the filter off and started started giving the car hell, I kept expecting the car to get, you know, overwhelmed and start, you know, coming around on me and, and doing dumb stuff. But it didn't. I mean, I really gave that car a lot of hell, and it nice. held its own. And everything it was supposed to. I was kind of shocked, and I loved it. And I've been begging Polaris to give me one <laughs> for months now, and they're just not. It not really is like it. all of, it's like all of the burnouts, none of the risk because like yeah. it, it just it, it does burnouts. You guys got to like try and understand, but without getting squirrely because it's got yeah. the two wheels in front. So it just you can hang it out and it just sucks it right back in. It's 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 hilarious, man. Um, again, you've got to truly not care. But, uh, you know, if, if you've got 20 grand to blow, like I can't think of a more fun way to do it. Um, so, okay, next on the list, the SRT4. 
Yeah, we've kind of already gone over this a little bit. Um, the thing is, they weren't slept on back in the day. I, no. I remember going for an extra it's back a, in the it's day. It's very SRT similar. SRT4s I, everywhere. I almost thought about saying the DSM and SRT4 because they both suffered. They both had the same kind of buyer, and then yeah. they both suffered the same kind of fate. But if you guys, like, <laughs> I think this is appealing, but, like, SRT4 owners are like, have you ever met one that didn't talk shit? Like... They all talk shit. They all think that they have the fastest car in the world. They'll all yeah. run you at any time, any place, anywhere. I yeah. just think that's appealing. I think the attitude that comes with owning an SRT4, because it's kind of a prerequisite. You've got to not care. You know, you've mm -hmm. got, and, and these guys always just, all they want to do is go beat imports, man. Yeah. And, and they're good at it because they make a ton of torque. Yeah. And all those guys go massive turbos on it straight from the factory. Yeah. Because the motors are pretty damn strong. It's another one of those cars. You can buy it for four or five grand, easy. Um, and you already have your motor swap. You've already got a lot of aftermarket potential. So instead of, you know, dumping the money, let's just say in like a 240 or a Honda that needs a motor swap where you have to dump more money, more time, you have a reliable form of transportation yeah. right off the bat that has a lot of aftermarket potential. Um, and they're just... Right, Badass. They just got attitude, man. They do. What kills this car, it, it's got two strikes on it right off the bat. And that's one, it's a domestic trying to be an import. We've already gone over that. But second, it's a neon. If the neon had never been invented and they just went straight to SRT4. They'll tell you, it's not a neon. It's, it's not a neon. <laughs> but but if, if the neon had never been invented, that, that flaccid little penis of a car had never been made and they just went straight to the SRT4, it, would have, it wouldn't have caught half the shit that it did, and it would be one of the greatest tuner cars ever made. But it didn't, you know, so it kind of but is what it is. Kind of Mopar being the badasses that they are present day makes me like the SRT4 even more now. Yeah. Because they had the same attitude. They didn't market it as well. But back then, Dodge was basically, you know, when that car came out, they were like, all right, so you kids like little slow cars, huh? All right, so we'll make it a little slow car, except we're going to make it damn fast, and it's going to blow off in a parking spot. Like, anytime you touch the gas in those cars, they would just, you know? Yep. Um, so they kind of just, it, it was funny, because it was always like the domestic brand, the ultimate domestic brand, trying to understand this tuner rationale, and what you get is an SRT4. Like, it's damn fast, and it's just a neon with a motor swap. You know, yep. it's just, it's, it's a funny platform. Um, okay, so that brings us to the last one on the list, the Mazda RX-8. <laughs> I'll tell you why. You, you take it. I, I'm, I'm torn with this one. Very simple math. You can buy them for next to free, and you can enjoy the rotary experience, and when it leaves you stuck on the side of the road, you go, it buy, will. You go buy your LS swap, and you're still not in the hole. Yeah, uh, and it handles great from the factory, you know. Um, it's exceptional. There's aftermarket support. There's it's a great chassis. International aftermarket support, so you can get all your JDM fanboy pieces. Mm. Um, you can buy what you know. I consider it modern. Um, I consider that rotary is like a bad dog. It's gonna pee on your leg yeah. eventually. Yeah. Every single time. Um, but again, it's a small investment. To I mean. For the, pri yeah. for the price of buying a 240, you can virtually buy an RX-8 running that's mm -hmm. newer 
you can enjoy the rotary thing, see what that's all about, and when it leaves you high and dry, you can do your LS swap that you want to do on that 240 anyway. So the 240 is a great analogy because, to be honest, I wouldn't buy either. But if, if, if you're looking for a daily driver, I would stay the hell away from either one of those cars. If you're looking for something just to build on the weekends and have fun with and go beat the shit out of and you don't care if it breaks, perfect car. Absolutely perfect car. Yeah. I mean, it's intriguing. I don't yeah. necessarily recommend it. But people are sleeping on it. <laughs> and my math adds up. Buy it cheap if it breaks through the motor swap. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's our list. It's, uh, I guess, complete for now. Although it's funny because you start making little lists like this and then you're never done, man. Like I keep thinking of other ones. I'm sure after we finish this, we'll think of five more great ones or somebody will we tell us. We scratched off probably ten already. So. Yeah, because we didn't fully. You yeah. know, there's a lot of neat ones out there, but it's hard to justify what 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 defines people sleeping on it but um you know we tried to make them affordable uh most of these cars aside from what the slingshot the 996 and the fiesta most of these things are hold on five grand and under yeah five grand and under yeah. cars so they should be everywhere <clears throat> but they're not um so anyway that's our list let us know how we did uh as always you can reach me at j-w-o-o-l-e-y at s3mag.com and then Mike is M Sanders it's M-S-A-N-D-E-R-S at s3mag.com uh, anything else? No, that's it. Have a good night, guys. Later. <laughs>